This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It's Wednesday, it's the 19th of July, 2023. And today we return to Sight Village. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Oh, that was pathetic. Hang on. There we go. Oh, well I done. Did, it didn't oh, work. It didn't I work. I thought you were talking about your intro. I, I liked it, I was going to say. Oh, the Return to, to Sight Village. I'd watch that film. <laughs> the Return to Sight. <laughs> this time, it's personal. <laughs> Oh, how are you doing, John Priest, today? I, how are I you? Am, I am gorgeous. Very well, thank you. How are you? Do you know, I probably sound like I've just woken up. Yes, you do. Don't Yeah, I do, don't I? Yes, you do. I have been up for hours. I've just realised, though, I haven't spoken to a soul in that time. So <laughs> that is why I, I, my voice has not been stretched. Oh, lovely rolling of the R there, sir. Well done. Yeah, A-E-I-O-U. A-E-I-O-U. That's what they Red tell you to lorry, do. Red lorry, yellow lorry. Red lorry, yellow lorry. That's not easy, is it? No, it isn't. Not Especially when you're colourblind. You keep... Stop it. You keep getting up at 3am. What's the matter with you at the moment? <laughs> no idea. Well, you know, I think it's because I go to bed at 8 o'clock at night. I think that may well have something to ah, do with yeah. it. Oh, that's good for you. Yeah. I don't have non-24-hour sleep disorder. I have 24-hour sleeping disorder. Ah, oh, right. Well done. Thank you. I actually don't, I've never thought about that. Non-24-hours... What does that mean? I've actually no idea. The amount of blind people who say to me, you've got non-24... And I'm thinking, what does that mean? Because I watched the whole seven series of 24. Oh, and yeah, I really, very good. Oh. I, I, I thought I caught up with it all, but maybe not. Maybe I've missed something. Kiefer Sutherland I'm, is very annoyed with me right now. And I really I've do not want seen. Jack Bauer irritated at me. You've never seen 24. Never For seen. goodness sake. I know. Breaking that's a new. disgrace, Rob. I know the uh, doo-doo. Do do that's the sound effect of the clock yes. ticking. Do do. I know that, but I've no, I've never seen it. Doesn't doesn't really interest me, funnily enough. Have you seen Lost? I watched the first one, I was really interested, and then I just couldn't understand things. You know what I hate? When when something's unexplained and it goes on too long, I get really impatient. It's just uh, tell me what's going on. <laughs> hang um, on, hang on. And you're part of double tap. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I do apologize. Let's crack on. The unexplained, that's what we call this. Um, so listen, uh, today on the show, we are rejoined by the one and only Tim Dixon. Yes, Tim Dixon, our uh, yes, returning champion. Yes. He is back today because uh, he has been out and about. Yeah, that's enough. Uh, he's been out and about with his little recorder. Um, <laughs> sounds so patronising, doesn't it? Does, doesn't uh, he's it? Been out and about well with done. his recorder, uh, recording for us, doing basically what we should be doing. Yes. Uh, and Tim's doing it for us. He is an absolute star, and uh, he's been talking to a lot of people. So over today and tomorrow, you're going to hear some of those interviews that he's been gathering whilst at Site Village in Birmingham this week. Coming up, I have to tell you, some really interesting conversations around the Sense Player, the Victor Reader Stream 3. Uh, we're going to learn about lots of low-vision tech, and also handbags for women. Excuse me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tim, Tim is going all metrosexual on us. That means he's uh, ridden the subway. Um, <laughs> number of times, but uh, a man yes. bag? No, oh, no, amazing. No, no, female handbags. Oh, is it a Louis Vuitton? Uh, or uh, uh, hey, uh, there was a song, wasn't there? Is hey, it? Do you look? What, what was that girl that sang that song with? I, I, I don't know who anybody is anymore. This is a tech show. I well, it's certainly not a music show, and thank goodness for that, <laughs> because music is not my. It used to be. I remember when I used to do radio, I could tell you anybody. Any song, mm-hmm. I didn't know Back what. in the 80s. Any, yeah, yeah, excuse me. Yeah. Nin, I was a baby in the 80s. All right, okay, calm down. I was down. a 90s kid Defensive. when it came to music. Alanis Morissette, Brian Adams, hey, Canadian angle. Um, well done. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> God bless you, Mr. F. Why, why are we talking handbags? Sorry, what's, what's the connection we there? To, we have to wait and find out, but I have to uh, say, is, let's just say Tim may have stumbled into as often we do in these events, yes. stumbled into a conversation about handbags. Oh, and right. uh, he seemed to be enjoying himself a little bit too much. That's all I'm saying. You're intrigued, aren't you? That's hooked the listeners in. That's how it works. Uh, so shall we get into some of the conversation he's had? Because it, I, I want to just dive right in here, because one of the big conversations he had was with an, a company that we've featured a number of times on the show 
called VisionAid Technologies, and they're based in the UK, based in England in particular. And they are a, a family-run business, which is very much focused on providing independent help and support in finding the right tool or, or whatever piece of kit it might be for you. Now, they offer at-home service you know, around the UK. So if you're in the UK and you want someone to maybe come out and show you some of these products, because you know, let's be honest about it, Sean, we're talking sometimes about, you know, it could be headsets or braille displays or whatever it is, they cost a lot of money. Yep. The companies aren't very keen to ship these around. And not only that, just, just giving someone this kind of piece of kit without any information wouldn't necessarily work. And actually, in some ways, could damage confidence. If you give someone something and they can't use it at all, you'd, yeah. you'll damage their confidence. I, I felt that way back at the beginning. The amount of times, I think I was talking about my, um, my Daisy CD player the other day. And when I first got it, no one explained to me how it worked, what happened with it. So I thought, I just can't use this specialist stuff because, I don't know, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, and who's reading the manual, right, Stephen Scott? Well, for a start, there was no manual. And even if there was, <laughs> it, was in lo- it was in small print. Can you believe that? It was actually in small <sighs> print at that time. Ridiculous. But because, no, you're why was right. that? Because we live in the UK, and in the UK it's the sighted people that tell you what to think and do. Oh, all right, calm down. Yeah. Get get down now off that soapbox a minute. Okay, I'm, yeah, I'm, but no, I'm you sitting can, down again. That is so useful. That just in-home demonstrations is so useful. Yeah, but let's dive right in. Tim is talking to VisionAid about a range of technology I think you're going to find rather interesting, Sean Priest. I'm wondering what you're going to buy out of this list. I'm here at the VisionAid stand with Ellis. Nice to see you. Great to see you and great to see the, the range of products here. I hear you've got a lot of new products on the stall today. Could you uh, introduce us to some? Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, we, I think we've got more new products than we've ever had in one show. So there's quite a few bits to get through, if you'd like me to. Yes, please. Um, so I can start with the, um, the Cloverbook XL, which is it's not released yet. This is about two months before release. Um, it's the 15.6-inch version of the really popular Cloverbook unit. Um, and it's a transportable, foldable video magnifier with really good high-resolution cameras. They're, they're, I think they're 13 megapixel the cameras in the units, um, but they're very neat and small and compact. Um, the smaller one only weighs about 2.4 kilos, um, and then the big one, now the, the XL with a 15.6-inch screen, weighs just under 5 kilos. I think it's 4.7, um, which for a 15-inch transportable unit, which runs on battery for over three hours, has distance viewing, full A3 page OCR, um, touchscreen integrated into it. Um, it's it's quite a, going to be quite an exciting solution, I think, for just somebody that needs a bit uh, a larger screen than they can get from the Cloverbook unit. And these both look uh, amazing. What sort of prices are we talking? Yeah, they um, quite a full range of prices. So the, the basic unit on the Cloverbook, the Cloverbook Lite, the 12.5-inch screen, that is just a video magnifier for close-up, that starts at 1495 and then it goes all the way up to about 2,800. That's for the Cloverbook XL with the larger screen, with the distance camera and the touchscreen and the A3 OCR. And the sort of price points all the way in between that, depending on which screen size you go for and which particular feature you might need. It looks like there's quite a bit of clearance underneath them. So are they good for crafting as well? Yeah, so practically, exactly. Yeah, practical tasks underneath the cameras. There, are, there is a good amount of clearance under the camera. Um, and because the camera is built into the screen, you can adjust the angle of the screen if you do need to get um, something like a larger object underneath it. Um, so it's quite flexible from that perspective. You can even position the screens over the edge of the desk if you need to point it down something on your lap or lower down as well. So it's, it does give you a full range of um, flexibility. From that. Excellent. And do I recall that these have OCR in them as well? So you can have it spoken out? Yes, so the, the pro versions of both the Cloverbook and the Cloverbook XL have full um, text-to-speech on them. Uh, Sightcare, the manufacturer, have um, actually done a, quite a major update to the OCR only a, about a month or two ago, so it's now much better than it was before. Um, still not necessarily quite as good as something like an Orcam Read or a Read It product or other, other text-to-speech sort of dedicated units for that, but it is a big, big improvement over what it was a couple of months ago. Um, and the nice thing is the software updates are free on the units. Um, you just need an SD card to download the new software to. Um, and you put it in the side of the unit, turn it on, and it updates itself. Fantastic. And you mentioned batteries lasting three hours. Are they interchangeable? They are. So that's a really nice thing that they thought of. I don't think there's any other product that we do where that has interchangeable batteries. So if you are using it for a business, long set of business meetings, or um, at school, obviously, where you may have hours and hours of classes where you need to use them, um, 
you can simply buy an additional battery and a battery charger. It's just under £200. And then you can swap the batteries over. It's, it's effectively the same kind of mechanism as you had on laptops from kind of five to ten years ago, where all the laptops could easily be swatched, switched out. Uh, all the batteries, oh, sorry, could be switched out. Yeah, same, same kind of idea. So it works really nicely. So what else have you got? You said you've got lots and lots of products <laughs> today. Yeah, so the, the next one is as we move down a bit, we've got um, another solution that would be really good for uh, business users, uh, potentially home users as well. It's a very neat, compact, slim camera system that sits on a little, uh, its own sort of arm, um, and the camera points down at the table to magnify whatever you put underneath it, and you connect it via an HDMI connection into a television screen or a computer monitor. Um, it's only got power and HDMI on the back. Um, it's got integrated controls on the camera head, and it also comes with a Bluetooth controller as well for all the all the features as well so you can choose to either have your hand on the camera and the back of the arm to control it or you've got a, a nice bluetooth tactile controller um, to use it uh, as well if you prefer this looks fantastic so you've got some a newspaper article here and you're blowing it up on a, a 32 inch screen and i can see that it's a very nice clear display and um, can alter the the color combination as well so I, I could see this being super useful in an office where you may be working on lots of paperwork. You just need to put something under it to, to check some detail and then move on to the next. That's or, right. Yeah. Or in an environment where you need to keep an eye on something that's a bit further away and maybe you, you don't have that level of vision, you can have it brought forward to you. That's right. And the nice thing is because um, a lot of users, certainly in an office environment, they don't necessarily want the system to stand out too much so we've tried to design it as sleekly and as um, almost like a desk lamp in a way it's got integrated led lighting in it um, so it's not like the big units with uh, the big integrated screens and the xy tables um, because if you're just looking at bits of paperwork you don't necessarily need a big movable xy table platform that you get on the traditional desktop video magnifiers um, so it's a neat unit that then folds up flat and it only weighs 1.1 kilos so also somebody's got to uh, either hot desk or maybe work from between home and work um, home working then you can just fold it up pop it in your laptop bag um, and take it between home and work with you so Alice how much are we talking for this uh, well this one it's not released yet quite it's going to be a couple of months before it's available but it'd be um, we think £1,795 when, it re- when it's released so it's not a cheap solution but because it's actually a 4 megapixel camera um, which is twice the resolution of full HD and it has a 10 times optical zoom on it um, the quality is really really good and other solutions we've got um that are similar-ish to this, there's nothing quite in this sort of form factor, are all kind of £2,200 and above. So it's considerably less than those. The quality is quite often better. It is better, generally, in terms of the image. Um, and you get the flexibility, the distance and close-up viewing on it as well. That's great. So what else have you got for us today, Ellis? Uh, we've got another couple of great education solutions. Um, there's a brand new one using the same camera as the Helix HD on a product called the Coast. It actually stands for Camera on a Stick. One of our customers um, who saw a really early version said it just looks like a camera on a stick and uh, we worked out the acronym and it, it kind of stuck. Um, what it is effectively... Sure does. <laughs> it's, it's a very neat uh, camera module with the, the 10 times optical zoom and two buttons on top of it, uh, tactile buttons for zooming in and zooming out, uh, and it's attached to an extendable tripod. Um, so you can fold the three legs out, um, sit it on the desk next to your laptop, and then extend the tripod up um, and that will allow uh, business users and students to be able to then zoom in on the, uh, what's being presented or the lecturer or the teacher and actually see what's going on at the front. And they can sit anywhere because the, the zoom on this allows a visually impaired user to see further than someone with 20-20 vision. So they're not limited to where they sit or who they sit next to. They can sit anywhere in the classroom and zoom in and, and see as clearly as if they sat at the, at the front, effectively, because of the zoom on it. And is there anything new coming to the Reedit software for users like myself that have used it for a long time? Uh, you've got any developments in that area? Yes, we, we've got, um, we showcased a couple of months ago Reedit version 6, which we've now added um, online recognition, which enables incredibly accurate handwriting recognition and text accuracy down to about two and a half point size. Wow. Um, it's so yeah. I'm, I'm now at the age where I have to take my glasses off to be able to see text at close up, um, and it, it will uh, actually read text smaller than I can see uh, on there without sort of needing a <laughs> needing a proper prescription glasses for reading it close up. So wow. it's um, it's quite amazing how accurate it will be. So that's not going to be available unfortunately until around the, around Christmas time. That's the plan. Um, 
So, yeah, users will, um, existing Redix uh, 5 users, um, if they purchased it within the last 12 months of release date, will get a completely free update. Yep. Um, if not, there will be a small charge, I think, for the upgrade on it because uh, um, because of the new features that are coming in. It's not just the online OCR, there's some other bits coming as well. That's great, Alex. So, have you got anything else for us? Yes, we've also got uh, the brand new dot pad. So that's a 2,400 pin refreshable braille display designed for tactile graphics. You can also use it just to read text with as a giant braille display as well. Um, but certainly for education use where you need access to graphs or maps or diagrams, that's way for a, for a blind user rather than having to use the traditional solution of uh, printing out on swell paper and then running it through a, a thermal yeah. printer to raise the, 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 sort of the, the lines up. This can just happen in real time. Um, so you can give it a PDF or uh, any kind of document format really or you can even have someone draw on it and in real time it will then bring the braille pins up immediately for you. Wow. So we've got it in front of us now. It's a unit that's a, sort of a bit uh, wider than a piece of A4 paper and not quite as long. Um, and then it's got two sets. So you've got the 2,400 pins on the main part and then you've got, a, I think it's a 16-cell uh, professional uh, braille display part at the bottom. Um, and it's connected at the moment to an iPad and you can also connect it to your standard computer as well and access diagrams and things through a web interface. So teachers and, uh, can actually create content on a web-based interface to then put onto the device. Um, or if you, the student has a, an iPad, then you can use the native app on that as well, which is fully accessible with magnification and voiceover on it as well. Um, but I can draw on here so I can put my name on here. Um, I've now got a graph on there. So you've got the, the main graph lines and then Oh yeah, I can I can feel that graph nice and clearly. And then we can edit this. And I'm just touching on the iPad here, so this would be a sighted user potentially drawing something. I'm just going to put my name on here, not in Braille, on there, and it, immediately it comes up on the Braille display. Wow, that's fantastic. So how how much are we talking for the dot pad? This uh, is the most expensive solution we've ever had, so it's just under twelve thousand um, pounds. But price per pin is actually more cost-effective than any other kind of braille display, considering there are 2,400 pins on it. But that doesn't mean it's, uh, it's not a cheap solution by any means. Um, so no, it's only going to be select a, uses for... a specific need. Yes. For students at uh, learning, sort of, well, all the way through education, there's always need for diagrams to be visualised. Um, and this gives a, a much quicker, easier solution than having to do the, the swell paper. Uh, mode of it and then also allows them to be changed quickly as well um, and then obviously if you go through into university level where you've then got um, particular courses where again the same same diagrams might be needed like maths with, with graphs geography science sciences as well can be really really useful for that we're getting close to the end of the all the, all the items there's another new unit called the voxivision so this is a mobile phone based um, ocr solution um, which when paired with uh, a Wi-Fi connection through either a hotspot on your phone or your Wi-Fi connection at home or, or wherever which building you might be in it then adds full um, online uh, sorry, handwriting recognition um, and really really accurate text recognition down to very very small text sizes as well including logos coloured text on coloured backgrounds it's really really accurate um, so and the other really novel feature it's got is instant barcode recognition so it's actually as quick as a barcode scanner at a supermarket and it's got wow. over two million items programmed into its database from taken from uk supermarkets so it recognizes almost every item if it doesn't you can just put in a voice label um, using the built-in microphone to say what it is um, that's really useful as well for medication for people as well so if they, they've got a barcode on their medication label they can scan it and then say how many times uh, what you need to take it a day and what the dosage is. So this is, you use a normal iPhone? No, it comes, oh, it is sorry. a se separate phone. It's a phone, it's based on a mobile phone. Yeah. You can't use it as a mobile phone. It's only, they have a custom ROM software on there. Right, okay. Which is the Voxivision software, um, which then allows you to do all those things. So it's, it keeps it really simple. And they've also, because it's a, like a six inch uh, phone screen, you have a tactile marker on the base of the phone with three holes in it for the menus. So you don't oh, have to touch and see on the screen. So it is actually fully operable by blind users as well. 
and it uses Google Voice recognition offline to allow you to jump straight to any of the options that you might want to do. Um, so like the barcode reading, uh, banknote, banknote recognition it does as well. It also includes 30 QR tab, QR code sticker tabs, which you can put on clothes or other objects, which are reusable. Um, they even go through the wash. Um, so for blind users not needing to know what their item is, the clothing item is, you can program those in and then just scan the, scan the tags so they know. Fantastic. So what sort of price are we talking for the Vox and Vision? This unit's 1750 So it's similar sort of price to other text-to-speech solutions that we do as well. But that includes a stand, it includes 30 labels, it includes a nice carry case. Yep. Um, everything with it ready to go. And obviously that includes training from us as well and home setup and delivery. That sounds very interesting. Yeah, it's, it's a nice solution, definitely, yeah. So have you got anything else item for us today, Alice? Um, or have I uh, exhausted your supply? No, I think that's pretty much all the new stuff that we have, actually, Tim, yeah. Um, we've got all the full range of wearables and desktop magnifiers and other solutions as well, which are really good for, for people, but that's, that's pretty much the new bits I think we've gone through. Excellent. So for listeners, how do they get in touch with VisionAid? So they can have a look at all the solutions we've got on our website, which is visionaid.co.uk. They can call our free phone number, which is 0800 002 5555. They can email us at inquiries at visionaid.co.uk. Um, that's pretty much the main, main ways. Thank you very much for your time today, Alex. Not at all. Not, uh, thank you. It just goes to show how much technology there is. That is Tim Dixon there at just one stand at Site Village. Just one stand. And the <laughs> breadth of technology that is available just there. It's incredible. I kind of wish I could still use CCTVs and low vision stuff like that because that's really come on. Yeah. That one where you can connect it to your um, your TV. I mean, that sounds really good, doesn't it? Yeah, I remember one years ago called the Mono Mouse. That used to be quite a classic uh, example of this, and that was pretty much what it was. It was like a computer mouse, but the end of it was, was an HDMI connection. That was so uh, cutting edge at yes. the time. I remember that. <laughs> I had one before where you had like a camera on a, a roller stand, and it but it was connected hardwired into a black and white twelve inch CRT yes. uh, monitor, and it, the, the thing was huge and so incredibly heavy. But um, I mean, that was back in the day. It seems like it's come on so much. Uh, answering your question at the beginning of there, what do you want to buy? Uh, I'll have a dot pad, please. Oh, you want a dot pad? Okay. Well, that's a 12,000 of your earth pounds, if you don't mind. Price per pin. <laughs> it's really affordable. I love that, by the way. That was, that was fantastic. A, a brilliant selling boy, wasn't it? it? Was yeah. I mean, you know, pin. considering if you if you broke it all up and sold the pins individually, it's an absolute <laughs> bargain. But so cool. I would love to try one of those. But again, totally, totally. I mean, look, it, it, it's aimed at education and whatever else, organisational, I am sure. But... um. Such a cool piece of tech. I would love to try that out, especially yeah, it, the handwriting to Braille. Absolutely. That was really good. And it was, you know, I think the thing about the dot pad that really stood out for me, when, when remember we tried it for Double Tap TV a while back and we got hands-on with it. And it was really interesting because that, at that time, I think it was iOS 15.2, I remember that being the, the version that had come out and that included support for dot pad. Again, something we had never really seen before yeah. was the specialist technology already being integrated into Apple products, and that enabled that capability so that you could draw a flower on your iPhone or whatever, on your screen or on your iPad, you know, and it would immediately translate that into a tactile graphic on the dot pad. I don't know if we've seen that any other time. I suppose you wouldn't know unless you had the product, but to actually be built into the OS, the support for that, Mm -hmm. I've never seen that before. Yeah. So, uh, I, so many products. Voxivision, it was interesting to learn a bit more about that because that's one we've been talking about. We've, we've had some queries about that over time. So interesting to hear about that. Uh, I will put a link to the new arrivals page on VisionAid's website because that includes all the products and more that uh, Tim was talking to Ellis about from VisionAid today. So you can check all that out there. And uh, there's lots of new products on there. I think I'm going to be buying things because uh, you know what they've got on there? What? Keyboards. They've got keyboards. No. Oh, they've got cool keyboards. It's it, blind-friendly keyboards. I like it. Aren't all keyboards blind-friendly? Um, Except touch ones. But uh, yes, oh. uh, generally they are. But these ones, <laughs> actually, you know what? These have a bit of a uniqueness to them. Uh, not so much blindness territory, but more in terms of dyslexia. So they have these keyboards that, have, that use a special uh, font 
which is apparently much better for people who are dyslexic and it enables oh. them to distinguish the keys, plus the keys are high contrast as well. Um, and uh, you know what I like about this? This is something I'm beginning to feel the need for as a return to actual wired USB keyboards. None of this nonsense with wireless. I'm getting sick of the wireless carry-on. You've got to charge it up. Oh, you, you Stephen's know, going retro. Yeah. And, and not only that, with these wired ones, you get USB ports built in. That's the oh. future. Oh, I do like that. You can never have too many USB ports. No, no. I, that, that is cool. And plus one. the ones, we used to use ones, well, I never, but they used to have them at college where they, you know, extra large font on the keycaps, uh, different color contrasts as well. So, you know, and I always thought, what, what's the point of that? But of course, not everyone does touch type. People no. still do, you know, what do they call it? Chicken peck, hen peck, or at them, you know. Yeah, chicken um, peck. That's, like chicken, common... yeah, that's exactly what it's called, and no one can tell me differently. Um, and, you know, if you're low vision, then that definitely does help. And what's cool about these is they come in the regular um, size, you know, full-size keyboard with numpad and all that, but they also have the smaller kind of more magic keyboard style. And often when you see that, and I've seen this in other places as well, you often get these keyboards, but they're Mac only or they're iOS-focused because they're intended to be used with portable devices. And, and, you know, you'll get them in high contrast, large print. But in this particular instance, this company that creates these, uh, they actually build them for PC and for Mac. So you can get a specific PC version or a specific Mac version in both flavors of the smaller and the larger size. Really interesting. They also come with a detachable light. Pardon? Which, so you get a light with it. Yeah, you get a little light. You know, it's like a little uh, gooseneck... Uh, arm light that you can put into your keyboard USB port and then it helps you illuminate the keyboard so that you can see the keys. Oh, that's clever. Okay, yeah. Rather than backlit because some people can't do too well with backlit. Like me, I hate backlit keyboards. Oh, surprising because you've got a thousand of them, but okay. I was turned off. It's the first thing I do whenever I get a keyboard with backlight. backlight Turn this thing (laughs) off. I'm like a sighted person with audio description. Turn it off! (laughs) Uh, Listen, more from Tim to come. He's going to be talking to uh, the guys over at Humanware at Site Village uh, this week in Birmingham. We'll hear that conversation. And we're going to get into more of your feedback as well. Subject of Jaws kiosks coming up. An interesting story to tell on that one from my listener Ian. That on the way next on Double Tap. Call the Double Tappers now, 1-877-803-4567, or email us, feedback at doubletaponair.com. You know, Sean, I love a smart gadget, and uh, I know you do too, and that is why... Yeah, I, I thought you'd love this. I read I an article it. on Stop It. Let me Sorry. tell you what it is first. I love you, it, whatever because it is. I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, oh, and then you're going to say, mm, too expensive. So, you know, I just yes, know it's probably. coming. <laughs> I don't think it is that expensive. Uh, so basically, I saw this article on like, CNET or Mashable or somewhere, and it was about a smart LED. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for it because I know what you're like with LED lights. Smart LED. This isn't going the way I hoped. Uh, curtain. Oh, oh, wait. No, no, I know. I'm excited. Go on. Did, did you hear about this? So it's a company called Govee, G-O-V-E-E. Yes, that is exactly how you Go say v. it. Go V. Go V. And uh, they do like lots of different smart lights. They do little strip lights you can buy. Oh, yeah, I've heard of these for LED strip lights. Yes. Yeah, you can get that. I, I've got one that I, I actually I stuck on the back of mine. Yeah, 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 of course. Because yeah, they're, yeah, they're cheap. I like them. Yes, they are. <laughs> That's why you like them. <laughs> yes. uh, you can stick them anywhere. We can put them on the back, the one in the back of my desk. It gave me a nice red glow. Oh. As opposed to the one I have on my face most of the time. <laughs> and uh, highlighted, actually, accentuated, I think. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, but yeah, you can do that. And of course, they're smart as well. So you can hook them up to it. Lady A. Don't say her name. Or yes. the other one you can definitely not say the name of anymore. Um, so, you know, it, it just it just adds a lot to your environment and it makes it really nice. But these LED strip lights are good, but they've now developed one in curtain form. Okay, okay. What, the whole entire curtain or just a strip across the bottom? Or I believe it's known as the hem. Ooh. Ah, oh. Is it in there or is it the whole curtain? 
between Tim and his handbags and you and your curtains. I don't know quite where we're going in this show anymore. We have gone truly metrosexual. This is Thank a, you. A, a this is brilliant. Um, hat. Carry on. So uh, yeah, this is actually a curtain. I got Mark Afalalalo to uh, visually describe this to me because I thought it was going to be like a net that went over a curtain. You know, you could hang it on your curtain. Oh, that'd be ridiculous, Stephen. Come on. I know that would be ridiculous, right? Because yeah. that's pretty much every other type no. of this light. No. Yes, that's you All can right. buy them like you can buy them like big nets. I've never seen that ever in my life. Okay, but well, you can. Well, so uh, there, well, I'm, I'm calling you a liar. There, I'm oh, doing fine. it live on air. Okay, no, that's fine. That's fine. I'm, well, I'm going to I'm going to throw it back at you. You're a liar because have, they exist. I have seen them for the garden. I will take that back. Yes, okay, yeah, exactly. Yes. So, thank All you. Right. A bit louder okay. this time. A bit louder. Yes, for the garden, I have seen them. Uh, yes. Meaning, they exist. I am not a. Liar. There we go. But you are. So, um, anyway, the... <laughs> I went hostile very quickly. <laughs> uh, so you get you get these uh, curtains, and it is full curtain, and with the LED lights. Now, I don't... You know, part of me thinks this is a cool idea. Part of me thinks... <laughs> because nobody has a curtain across their entire window. You have two curtains, right? It's two separate curtains. Of course. You open up. Yeah. So unless, I guess, it's maybe maybe like a blind would work. But not necessarily a curtain. Well, 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 hang on. That's not uh, a bad idea. How many LEDs are on? I mean, does the whole curtain just light up, like become a light panel? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. That is cool. I would love that. I I know. This is what I'm saying. I knew you would love this. I take it all back. You are a a gorgeous man. Yes, I want that. That That's dramatic. I hate those. I hate. I'm going to say it again. I hate those lamps, those standing lamps and things like that. Yeah. I hate those. So um, I, I have none in my house whatsoever. So it's either incredibly bright in my house when you turn the main lights on or it's pitch black. It's always pitch black, by the way. Mm. Um, this sounds really cool. I would love this. And you could do those special funky patterns and it could change colour. Yes. Uh, listening to your music, I'm sure. Oh, it's like a disco every night. Yeah, there's so many of these now you can get and you can get the softer ones where it's not just like those hard lights. You mm-hmm. can have them. Mm-hmm. Almost, it's almost like they're inside a little tube. Turn and the curtains on. Lady <sighs> A, dim the curtains. It's so I mean, weird. It's kind of weird, isn't it? But we are getting into this world where every single house is going to look like the inside of a 90s nightclub. But <laughs> I'm okay with that, actually. I'm okay. With I'm going to get palm tree once. <laughs> well, they had a <laughs> big open sign cocktails. You know, it's about like a, a, a bar or, what? you know, a, a bar that you would only go to at some time of night, you know, Stop when it. you were married you, and hated your life. If you could. Wow. If you've got <laughs> enough LED lights in there, could you, like, you know, use it as a LED TV? No, it's not. You it's could, not got no, that you many could, LEDs in it. You could connect your HDMI uh, port onto <laughs> it and then cable in, and that could be your uh, TV. Did you hear about the Sphere in Las Vegas? Have you heard about this new building that they've, they've created? It, it honestly sounds incredible. No, go on. Basically, it's a, th- a new theatre, I think. Um, I'm not sure if it's a theatre or a cinema because they talk about having a huge screen inside it. So I don't know if it's a theatre or a cinema. But basically, it holds 18,000 people. Outside it, it just looks like a gigantic ball, hence the name Sphere. Oh, it all makes sense. Yeah. No, it all makes perfect sense, right? It's like a big Amazon Echo dot sitting right there in Nevada. <laughs> right. But on the outside of it, the whole thing is covered in LEDs. And that means that they can basically put anything they want on the outside of this. So they could have, for example, when it's basketball season, they can have a huge basketball that can look like a big basketball just sitting there. Uh, you can have the earth. It could look like, um, I think they had one where it was like an eye of a dinosaur kind of looking around. <gasps> and of course, it's huge. I don't know how big this thing is, but it's, it's a huge theatre. I mean, if it's, it's a building. 18,000 people, yes. right? So it's big. Um, the funniest bit, though, what was that there was a, clearly a bit of a, an upset or something had happened technically, and someone said, oh dear, the sphere has crashed. Uh, and it had a big Windows sad face logo on it with, it looks like there's a problem written all over it. <laughs> right in the middle of Las Vegas. Big blue screen of death. Blue screen of death. <laughs> <laughs> I think people thought it was a joke, but it actually <laughs> clearly wasn't. It was a genuine fault. Something had gone that wrong with the software. So cool. I want that for my house. You, you could, no need to paint your house ever again. You could just make it whatever you wanted. That is amazing. Well, it does make me think. I mean, wouldn't it be great if you got to a stage where you could buy wallpaper 
And I'm sure this will come. And maybe it wouldn't be wallpaper, but it, well, it could be, I suppose, but it could be panels you could put mm. on your wall. And then essentially your entire wall is just one big LED strip. Your and entire you could room. Have, yeah, yeah, and you could have, you could have anything. You could have a TV in there, you know, when huh. you want it. The TV could be any size you want. You could put your pictures on it, you know, but just have them like almost oh. appearing on the does this, wall. Does it exist yet? Can we, can no. we make this? Let's I get on to the to double tap boffins. Uh, <laughs> let's make that happen. <laughs> let's call them up. Hang on. <laughs> I think that's a no from Mr. F today, I'm afraid. How much um, are these curtains from Govee? I, I, well, that was the one thing. They didn't have a huge price. They didn't have any price on them at all. Oh. But I would imagine, known Govee, we're talking between $50 and $100. I don't think it'll be any more than that. Really? They're, they're not particularly expensive, Govee. Well, I so, mean, still, there must be a, quite a few lights in there. I would. Cool. Definitely. I, I, I'm going to look into that. Do you, know what, do you know what always kills these things for me? It's, it's not so much oh. the strip lights, but the idea of a curtain, you'd always have to have it connected to power all the time. So that means no matter how or where yeah. you place these things, you always have to have a power cable running out of them. I mean, you think battery could do it, but the problem is then you're always changing batteries or you're always having to plug it in to charge it up. Well, it's, it's like a way of just having them sit there, you know? These motors for, you know, opening and closing blinds or curtains, you can get solar panels that you stick to the window. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the trickle charge your uh, a battery pack connected to the, the device. So Maybe that's but, how to do it. Yeah, but I mean, even so, that amount of LEDs, I would assume, would require quite a lot of battery power. So I'm not mm. sure how long they would last, but still, very nice. Um, I want to go to an email from Ian because uh, he got in touch with us a while back regarding Jaws kiosks. This was a conversation we had, if you remember, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Matt Ater, uh, the uh, vice president over there at Vespero, was talking to me. Actually, it was a previous conversation we were giving you another chance to hear. In other words, we were playing it again. And we we were giving you that chance to hear that conversation. Very interesting. Ian heard it clearly for the first time, and he wanted to uh, to throw in some comments on the subject of JAWS kiosks, or kiosks, actually, that are accessible in particular. Uh, Laura reads our emails. Hello. Thanks for the recent Double Tap Express episode recapping the topic of JAWS on point-of-sale kiosks. I found it interesting, but it raised a few questions. While it's great to hear that accessibility is being thought about for these ever-increasing touchscreen-based devices, there are still some challenges ahead. Finding out whether or not a given location has an accessible device is the first challenge, and good luck asking the local staff. Next, you have to find the actual kiosk and locate where the audio jack is located. Meanwhile, you're feeling self-conscious about fumbling around while people are staring or trying to offer assistance. And then, how many of us carry around wired headphones anymore? Using Bluetooth would seem a more practical solution, but you then have the challenge of securely pairing your headphones or earbuds before you have any functional accessibility. What would be great is a device that would plug into the audio jack and send the audio over Bluetooth to a previously paired set of earbuds. But I don't know if there is such a beast. There do seem to be adapters to convert wired headphones to use Bluetooth, but that's solving a different issue. Has anyone found an adapter for this purpose, and can the pairing be done in an accessible manner? On another topic, I use the Shox Open Run Pro Bone Conduction headset and have found it generally rather useful. The only problem was overcoming the lack of accessible documentation. It comes in both a small size and regular size, where the only difference appears to be the band connecting the two earpieces. I purchased the regular size and the band is loose enough that it could accommodate a much larger head. So, given Stephen's comments, he must truly have an extraordinarily large head. Yes, yes. Admittedly, Stephen previously <laughs> mentioned the open com model, which might just come in one size. Cheers, Ian with a cane. Ian with a cane. I like that. Oh, is that on his business cards? Ian with a cane. Yes, that is oh, exactly cool. on his oh, business card. Good. And I, I would say, though, Ian, maybe you should give your cane a name. Mine's is a sticky McStick. Uh, which sticky I think is stick face. Okay, sticky McStick face. Yes, that is absolutely right. <laughs> you can't call it a stick. People get upset. Why? Why, what's wrong with that? It, it, no, no, it's disrespectful. It's disrespectful, disrespectful for what? the amazingly important piece of aluminium. That it is. All right, fair enough. There are I'm many sorry, sticks, but this offend, one is mine. Can you offend pieces of aluminium? No, no. Because no, in which case I have a few call- bridges to go and have a chat with. <laughs> okay, so I totally agree with you, by the way. I, I, kiosks for me are really a tricky thing, right? Great, so they're accessible, but they're not all the same layout. and. Yes, feeling around for that headphone jack in the first place can be tricky, can be embarrassing. Um, some people may not be, but if there's a, a queue forming behind you, it can be. Um, 
I'm not sure how I feel about this. I'm not, look, I don't want to say, well, we don't care if it's accessible or not, because of course we do. Accessibility yeah. is incredibly important. But at the same time, how many people actually use a kiosk? And the amount of times I've walked in to my doctor's surgery, which has one of these for, um, you know, signing in, if you like, a touchscreen one, which is totally inaccessible. But the amount of times that I walk in and someone will just say, oh, it's all right, I'll, I'll you know, sign you in or whatever, just take a seat. I'm not sure how many people actually take use of a kiosk or even an well, ATM for that matter with a, one of these in because I can never find the headphone jack on an ATM. I've just given up. So how, so how do you take money out of, of the bank I if don't, you're using one of those? I don't. I just I never use money. I just use my phone, Apple yeah. Pay or Apple Watch you used to pay. Well, there is something in that. There really is. It's funny, my credit card came up with the other day just saying, you know, you can now use me on Apple Pay. And I thought... It's interesting, more companies are starting to get there. I mean, it's taken a while for some companies to get there, but we're seeing more and more companies now taking on that that aspect because it is so much easier. And I don't know about other parts of the world, but I know here it seems like you can pay pretty much any amount near enough. Uh, it seems to be, you know, I think the, the maximum yeah. spend is £1,000 on Apple Pay. I didn't think you could do that, but you can. Yeah, usually it's a in lower stores, amount. I think in selected places. Yes, exactly. And even before Apple Pay and all that, I mean, I was using my card, but just tapping it, tapping it on the reader, yeah. right? The, the yeah. amount that the times of sliding the card in and entering your PIN were years and years ago. I haven't done that for ages, which also means I've never carried cash around with me for ages. But I think the, the kind of kiosk that Ian's talking about, and certainly the one that Jaws uh, particular works on very well and they've done a lot of work with is the McDonald's kiosks. I know there's other places I think they're taking them on now, but you know, take, take McDonald's for example, you go in there, you want to have a meal, you want to have something, you want to know what's on the menu, right? I mean, I don't have a clue what's on a McDonald's menu. I just know they sell McBurgers and that's all I know. I don't believe that for no, one second. I don't, second. I genuinely... I'm going to go know. back to liar. No, I genuinely don't. And especially I no today... I on the KFC menu. Oh, was oh, chicken that's of easy. some sort. That's easy, right? It's just chicken, right? I mean, how hard can it be? But, you know, it, it's... But again, there's things in that menu that you will not know because, you know, it goes back to my point. Remember when we talked about the Menus for All app and I was talking about, you know, sometimes it's just easier to yes. order, the, order the burger. And it is because you don't always know what's on the menu. You don't always have the ability to go through it. You know, sometimes you might use an app, but it gives you the wrong information or whatever it might be. So, you know, sometimes it's just easier, but also sometimes you want to know. And the great thing with a kiosk like that is, especially in, in, in modern McDonald's, for example, they're kind of shifting away, not entirely, but they are shifting away from you going to the counter. And they're, they're sort of encouraging people to use these kiosks by adding more and more of them. So you go in there, there's like eight of these kiosks, and there's just people standing around deciding what they want. Uh, and usually inside these places, it's chaotic anyway, so it doesn't really matter what you're doing. But you can stand there and you can kind of figure out what's going on. You can figure out the menu, decide what you want, you know, pick things for other people, whatever. And I think that's, that's really important that we have the access to that. I, 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 I agree, but... How many times can you find these screens which are nailed onto a, uh, a pillar inside McDonald's? Well, they're usually big enough. I mean, in fairness, you can't. I've walked into more of them than missed. That doesn't mean, yeah, but I, then, then I'm feeling around on some sort of signage that's yeah, yeah, on yeah, a pillar. Yeah. I don't know. It's a kiosk, right? These are touch screens, hanging flat panels in in McDonald's, and not yeah. only McDonald's, other places. So, again, I'm just not sure of the uptake. I, I don't know what I'm arguing against because, of course, we want them to be accessible. So, I don't know what I'm talking about. No, no, but but there is a, another point here which is really important, and this happened to me a number of times at ATMs, where you would go up to an ATM, and I'd get really excited because I'd find, I'd feel around, usually the bottom right. It's not always there, but sometimes the bottom right is where you find the headphone jack. So I plugged in the headphones, nothing. Couldn't hear anything, and I thought maybe it's the headphones. Tried both because sometimes it's only coming out one ear. Nope, that didn't happen. It turned out, because, and thankfully the, the, the bank had a, it was actually a, a bank itself, you know, with the cash machine there. So I could go into the bank. Yeah. And when I asked them about it, they said, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. We got all that installed. It's really cool. But we haven't turned it on yet. Oh. Okay, oh. you might want to do that, guys. Perfect. Right, because <laughs> it's kind of pointless having it. Having this wonderful feature, you can say, oh, look, look what we've got. doesn't work, but yeah, it's but great. Technically, it's there. Just you can't technically, use when it. it's when it's there and when it's working, it's brilliant. But it's, it's not working yet. And it was this kind of, you know, almost like a yeah, it's just not working yet. Okay, but that means I can't use that machine. Yeah, basically, which that is machine the isn't there. Of you spending the money on doing it. <laughs> anyway, it's an well, interesting talking topic. Of which, talking about um, wired headphones, because you're quite right. Uh, I'm kind of missing the one 
AirPod in the air wired headphone solution that we all use for the longest time. Um, connecting wired headphones to an ATM or a kiosk or something like that. There are Bluetooth dongles out there, uh, receivers or yes. transmitters, or some with both. But all the ones that I've ever used before required uh, a power supply, so I need to plug them in. So I don't know if there's any out there that that, that are standalone or battery powered. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, there is one I should mention, which is called uh, the Twelve South. That's a company named Twelve South, and they make adapters and lots of different things for Apple products. They have one called the AirFly, so it works with your AirPods. But I think it does work with other Air or Bluetooth devices as well. But certainly with the AirPods, it will work. So it means that, and it's kind of built for for flights. You know, you've got those little three point five mil headphone jacks and the armrest in your oh, flight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so you can watch the TV with your own AirPods. Well, you could instead of hooking up theirs or, you know, using wired, you can hook up this little device. It's very small. And, you know, you can basically plug it in to this and then it will send a signal from that wirelessly to your AirPods and it's always connected. So that's one option if you want to use your own AirPods to use these ATMs. Uh right, listen, before we go, um, quick uh just just one more feature from Tim here, because Tim was talking to humanware about the Victor Reader Stream 3. Let's listen into that conversation. I'm just at the Humanware stand with uh, David Godman, and he's going to uh, give us a, a demo of the Victor Reader Stream 3. Good to be here, David. Yes, thanks, Tim. Thanks for the opportunity. So I've got in my hand here the Victor Reader Stream 3. Now, I know there's a lot of people out there that may have had a Victor Reader Stream 1 or even a Victor Reader Stream 2. So we haven't... Uh, the apple hasn't fallen too far from the tree here, and then we've kept the same form factor... I mean, we still have very large, distinct numeric keypad. Those keys are now actually rubberized, and we've added extra tactility on the, the four, the two, the six, and the eight, so your, your directions, and also added a double bump on the five. So, uh, as I say, key layout, exactly the same. You know, you'll use your one to toggle through your different um, formats, you know, your audio books or Audible or Daisy, MP3, music, uh, saved podcasts and text files. So we're able to read uh, different file formats, PDF as well. A big thing that was missing on Stream 2 for a lot of people was uh, Bluetooth. So we now have Bluetooth on board, so we're able to link this to smart speakers and Bluetooth headphones. Another thing that people wanted to see from us was USB-C charge. So we also have the USB-C charging port, and also that can be linked, if people wanted to, to a keyboard, putting in things like passwords. Another development nice. is we have added WPS on, so that someone who has a WPS button on their router, again, they're able to go into our Wi-Fi menu, and then they'll make a pairing. Again, that's saving the faff of having to put in passwords. Excellent. And any any other key features? Uh, another key feature would be we now have an internal memory, so 16 gigabytes of onboard storage. As before, we were just primarily using uh, SD cards. Uh, we also can support up to a terabyte SD card as well. So just a little bit of listening then? Yes, yeah, yeah. Just quite a lot bit. on. Um, and, and what sort of price are these returning up now? These are, I believe, £420. And that can be ordered through people like the RNIB or direct from Humanware. And we do do the paid instalments uh, option as well. Fantastic. And uh, so you get your commission on this. Do we need to mention your name? Uh, I wish. I wish Humanware worked like <laughs> Maybe someone will make me a cup of tea next week. Ah, uh, well, you can point them this way, and I'm sure you'll get tea and the cake for doing this podcast. Okay, sounds good to me. Thank you very much. Thank you. Tim Dixon there at Sci Village in Birmingham this week, and uh, he has more reports coming up on tomorrow's show. Uh, <laughs> does he? Oh, we he should does? We, we should cut him some slack. Tim, you're doing an amazing job. He is. He is doing a wonderful job. And I just want to say a huge thank you to Tim for yep. doing this. I, I know he's also enjoying himself a lot doing this, uh, which is great, but uh, yeah, it means a lot to us here at Double Tap, and I know to our listeners as well. Because, look, this is the show that can take you uh, to where the tech is. I like that. We should use oh, that as well a line. Oh, well done. Oh, yeah. I like that Taking very much. Taking you where the tech is. I feel like yeah. we're on some kind of 90s tech-based radio <laughs> show. It's a future. Hey, oh, where's, where's the handbags? Oh, that, that's coming up. Yeah, I know. you got to wait till tomorrow for that. Oh, no. Oh, I, no, I'm no, 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 no. Oh, okay. No, you got to wait till tomorrow. Oh, sorry. Um, but yes, I, I, I've got to say, uh, South Village sounds really cool this year. Lots of cool stuff going on. And uh, tomorrow on the show, Tim will be finding out about some of the other products that a lot of us have been talking about and interested in. So, for example, the Hymns Sense Player. 
Uh, he has a brilliant conversation. I have to say a brilliant chat is coming up between him uh, and Stuart Lawler from Sight & Sound Technology, who are the sponsors of Sight Village, and also uh, Freak Van Nelson, who is the uh, co-founder of Hable. Now, you might remember Freak being on our show a while back talking about the uh, the Hable one, and that was when I came up with the ridiculously funny and, I think, excellent oh, idea. Oh, you're going to say it again, are you? Okay. Don't need go. a table when you've got a Hable. Yeah. Uh, still not they using it. They don't want it. But, um, they don't want it, Stephen. Brilliant conversation coming up between Freak and Stuart because you're talking to two people. One's holding a HimSense player, which is an input device for an iPhone, with another guy who sells an input device for an iPhone. It is brilliant <gasps> oh. to listen to when, when there's a kind of realisation in the room that <laughs> these two is people... No, actually, what's brilliant about it is an, a wonderful conversation emerges between the two of them, and there's a, like a, a whole learning going on, and I absolutely love it. And that's one of the great things about these events, no matter where they are in the world, they're a great way of bringing people together and learning about stuff, and that kind of leads into the conversation about handbags that uh, Tim walks into the middle of. And also a brilliant product called the Mini Guide, which he was mentioning uh, the other day when he was with us. Uh, Tim was talking about this. Uh, another really interesting product for navigation when you're out and about. I know you were interested in the Mini Guide. So, yes, um, a friend of mine's got one of those. He absolutely loves it. Hello, Garth, if you're listening. Yeah. You be. Well, <laughs> nice to know. <laughs> so it's nice to friends, isn't it? Um, yes. So, yeah, all that coming up on tomorrow's show. Uh, if you want to drop us some feedback, please do. Uh, we're getting through your feedback and we will get to your email. So if you have sent us an email already and you're thinking, yeah, they haven't read it on air yet, don't worry, it will be coming soon. Oof, very good. Along with handbags, apparently. Handbags and uh, Sean's love of curtains. You have to do a bit of sewing, are you? Oh, I, oh yes. There's nothing You're wrong with that. You're negative, Julian, a bit of sewing. <laughs> a, a, new, a new show is coming soon. Sean of the Sewing Shed. It, it no. could happen. Could happen. I'll rethink about that one. Anyway, uh, that's it for today. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.